and welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. So if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, um, we've, we've kind of been speaking along, along a, a similar vein. Um, and as we kick off this morning, many of us have, have not just known the statement, but, but probably somewhere along the line used the statement of once bitten, twice shy, right? Once bitten, twice shy. What do we mean by this? That ultimately, somewhere along the line, someone did something that offended us. Someone did something or said something that hurt us in a specific way. And as a result, it caused mistrust. We struggled to, to trust that person or we struggled to, to trust the scenario that, that looked or felt or smelt or whatever like that moving forward. Now, to, to kind of put this into perspective, um, when, I was, when I was 17, when I was 17, my, my parents allowed me to go on holiday with a friend and his family for the very first time. This was like revolutionary in our home. Things like this didn't happen. Um, his parents were diving instructors and we were off to Mozambique and that was all good and well, but, but the reason why I really wanted to go other than the fact that he was a good friend of mine, they had a jet ski. And uh, I'd never been on a jet ski. So we head out on holiday. The big moment arrives. The jet ski's launched into the, into the ocean. And his dad gives me this whole talk. He's like, look, this isn't a lake. This isn't a dam. When you fall off the thing, it doesn't stay where you last saw it. The waves tend to move it around. The waves tend to, to put it in places where you don't remember it being. So whatever happens when you fall off the jet ski, keep your eyes on the jet ski. I was 17. What's the statement? Employ teenagers while they know everything. So I get to ride and it's just incredibly fun and this mate of mine... And I, after a while, we're on it together and we, we're trying to see how, how high we can jump this thing in the waves tandem, as 17-year-old boys would typically do, some 46-year-old boys as well. Um, but on one occasion, we got it horribly wrong. And before I knew it, I was flying one way, he was flying another way, and the jet ski was going a different direction. We hit the water... But just before that, what had happened was, as we're riding, I keep seeing these black shadows underneath us. So after a while, I ask him, I'm like, hey, what, what was that? I've seen so many of them. What is that? And he says, oh, it's sharks. I'm like, dude, it's not a cookie. You don't say it that way. Like, that thing can kill you. He says, no, you know, when we're diving, we see them all the time. There's plenty of them here. You know, it's fine. Just stay on the jet ski. Well, we didn't. So as I hit the water, I'd watched enough Jaws and I'd watched enough Discovery Channel to know that somewhere along the line, a dorsal fin is going to pop up behind you somewhere 
and it's going to hunt you down. Now, I find this amazing. Whenever someone goes to the game reserve, normally a foreign tourist goes to a game reserve, climbs out of the car and goes and stands by the lions to have a photo taken and then gets charred, everyone's like, what an idiot. But somehow when we swim in the ocean and a shark takes us, like, what a monster the shark is. Meanwhile, just as we were in the lion's territory, aren't we now in the shark's territory? So that's all going through my mind. I'm like, I'm like, I'm in this guy, like I don't swim as well as he does. But I know he's coming. So with everything inside of me, I'm paddling, man. I'm just swimming, I'm swimming, I'm swimming, I'm swimming. But the whole time as I'm swimming, I'm looking over my shoulder to, to just, I'm just waiting for this fin to pop out of the water. Finally, with one of these looks over my shoulder, I turn around again and a wave had caught the jet ski and it washed the, the jet ski straight at me. And as I turned, it just hit me square in the face. Almost knocked me out cold. I was seeing stars, I was tasting blood. I'm thinking to myself, you're in the water, there are sharks in the water, you're bleeding. You are chum, move. So once I'd got my senses about me, I realized my buddy had got onto the jet ski and he was getting it started. So I'm just swimming for, for all the life in me towards the jet ski. And, and as I'm about to touch the jet ski, he goes, and it's like just out of my reach. And I'm like, what's this guy doing? And I swim and I reach. And as I reach, he goes, I'm like, after a while, I looked at him and I said, bro, you better hope a shark takes me. Because if he does, you're dead. <laughs> you know, as I'm swimming, all I'm hearing is, like Jaws is just flashing in front of me. Finally, I get onto the jet ski, and once I'm on the jet ski, I hardly even spoke to him. I just said to him, dude, just take me back to shore. We got to shore. I'm lying on the beach. I'm, my nose is bleeding. My lips cut. I feel like I'd gone around with Tyson. And all that happened after that, as you can well imagine, is there's one thing I never did with that guy ever again. Jet ski. I never rode on a jet ski with him ever again. Why? Because in that moment, my trust had been broken. Like what he did, even though it's funny today, trust me, I was not laughing. I was not happy. But it caused mistrust in my life. So week one, we, 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 spoke about, we spoke about honoring God and honoring God with our decisions. And then week two, we spoke about the fact that, that God can be trusted to be faithful with our future. And you may be sitting here today and, and maybe you weren't with us for the last couple of weeks, or maybe you were, but as you're sitting here, you, you, if, if you're honest, what you're thinking when you hear those two statements is <laughs> once bitten, twice shy. That somewhere you trusted God for something specific. And as you trusted Him for something specific, Two things may have happened in that moment that caused mistrust between you and God. Firstly, you may have had an expectation of a result. 
You may have expected a certain result and, 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 and really believed that as you trusted God, that the outcome was going to look a very specific way. And as you trusted God, that result never came. The result looked very different to what you expected. The second thing that, that may have happened in that moment that caused mistrust is that if you're honest, the way that God worked in your life, the way that God worked in that moment, the way that God worked in that circumstance or situation, you actually found offensive. M- maybe the, the circumstance that he used, maybe, maybe the people that he used, maybe, maybe he used hurt or illness or, or things that you just feel God shouldn't be using to build his purposes and his character into your life. You just felt like, like that was unnecessary and as a result you, just, you actually found it offensive and, and you ended up just being offended with God. And today, you, you just can't get past that in order to, to really come back to a place where you, where you can trust God. Where you can trust God, as we said, to be faithful with your future. Or where you can trust God, where you can honor Him with your decisions. Well, in, in the book of, of Mark, we, we see this moment in the life of Jesus where, where this scenario plays itself out. And I believe that there is such truth for us to take from this moment. Uh, so in, in the book of Mark, chapter 8, verse 22 through 26, it says this. It says, when they arrived in Bethsaida, now they being Jesus and, and his followers, Jesus and his disciples, it says, uh, when they arrived in Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. And, he, uh, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out the village. Then, spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said. I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Quite a story, quite a, quite a picture that's, that's painted there. And the first thing that really stands out to me is the fact that it, that it says that Jesus was with the man. He took the man by the hand. He led him out the village and he led him to what essentially would be a quieter place than, than the hustle and the bustle of the, of the village. And like I say, what, what, the picture that I, that I get is the fact that this was a blind man. This was a man who could not see Jesus. But it didn't mean that Jesus was any less there. Even though the, 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 the man was, was blind and, and, and not able to, to physically see Jesus in the moment, it says that Jesus took the man by the hand and he led him out of the city and then he healed him. And I feel like so often 
we are in a place of desperation. We're, we're, we're going through our own struggles. We're, we're facing our own stuff in life. And so often there's just the, the noise of circumstances, the noise of, of life that's just buzzing around us. And, and, and in that moment, it's actually just so hard to see Jesus with us. It's so hard to just recognize that, that God is actually with me in this moment. But just because we can't see it, it doesn't mean that God is any less there. God is always there with us. He, he tells us, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. My senses might not be picking up that God is here in the moment, but God is here. The second thing that stands out, and it might be the first thing that stood out to you, is the fact that Jesus spits on the man's eyes. That's pretty hardcore. Jesus spits on the man's eyes. He says to him, can you see anything? To which I probably would have said, you just spat in my eyes. He says, can you see anything? He says, yes, but not very clearly. The question is this, once Jesus spat in his eyes, was there improvement after that first encounter? Yes, because he went from seeing nothing to seeing something, even though it was not very clear. But here's, I think, the better question. Was the healing complete? Was the work complete? No, because he said people are walking around. I see, I see people, I see men walking around like trees. All of us know that's not normal. You see, it took for Jesus to touch the man's eyes a second time to bring about complete healing. The question that, that, that I couldn't help but just be confronted with as I read this, this portion of scripture was this. I wonder, where would the blind man be if he'd got offended by Jesus and left? Because we went and, we, we went and checked the records and, and spitting on people's eyes has always been offensive. Like there wasn't a, a time in history where it was seen as a blessing or seen as a good thing. There was never this moment where, where you were hoping that someone would walk past you and spit on your eyes because it was like a good omen or whatever. No, spitting on people's eyes has always been offensive. And, and I can't help but just ask myself the question, man, what if Jesus spat on the man's eyes and because of the way that Jesus did it, because of the method that Jesus used in the moment, the man got offended and left? Where would that leave the man? Wouldn't that still leave him in a space where he couldn't see clearly? Wouldn't that still leave him in a space where men are still walking around looking like trees? All because... He got offended by the method that Jesus used to work in his life. I don't believe that it would have been hard for the man to have been offended. 
What if he'd got offended? What if he didn't stay? What if he decided, you know what? Once bitten, twice shy. Or once spitten, twice shy. I'm out. I'm not coming back. I didn't appreciate the way that this happened. Unfortunately, if he had got stuck in that moment, he would have spent his entire life seeing life in in shapes and shadows as opposed to being able to see life in 3D. I wonder this morning, where are you at in all of this? Where are you at in all of this? Maybe somewhere along the line, you were trusting God for something and you expected a very certain outcome and possibly even a very specific way in which this outcome was going to happen. And it didn't happen that way. If you look back on it, you can, you can still see that there was a godly plan. There was still a godly purpose. There was still a good outcome. But the way in which it came, if you're honest, it, it wasn't to the full extent that you, ex, that you expected. And at the same time, it was in a way in which upset you. Maybe you in the moment just decided, you know what, once bitten, twice shy, I'm out. I'm not hanging around anymore. I'm not coming back. And as a result, you never received full breakthrough in the area that you were looking for. You never really received a a full work of God in, in, in that moment because you left prematurely. Now, please, this morning, I want to make it very clear that I don't want to be callous with your hurt. I don't want to be callous with your pain. I don't want to be callous with your loss. These things are real and they, and they really do hurt and they really are painful and they quite often take quite a while to work through. But this morning, if I can maybe just ask this one question. If we look at what we go through in this life, in the, in the view of eternity, in the scope of eternity, in, in, in the understanding that, that the here and now is temporal, that what's, what's, what's here today can be gone tomorrow, and that this is actually just a dress rehearsal for life after the lights are switched off on this side of eternity. That if we had to have a rope here this morning, and I was holding the one end of the rope and the rope kind of zigzagged throughout the entire church and out the door and as far as the eye could see, that essentially the width of my thumb on this rope would be our life here on earth, right here, right now. That's life. The Bible calls it a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. But that the rest of that rope is the rest of life beyond the here and the now. But that that rope is essentially the time that we would spend in eternity. 
So looking at our pain, looking at our trauma, looking at the stuff that we go through here and now, and looking at it in the light of eternity, I wonder, isn't it possible? Isn't it possible that that God is wanting to use these things that we go through? That God is wanting to use the, 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 the pain, the trauma, the affliction, that God is wanting to use the hurt, the disappointment for a greater purpose in our lives. You see, I don't know about you, but I don't really change when things are going well. My ears aren't as wide open when life is going good. (laughs) My eyes aren't as wide open when life is going well. But man, let something happen. Let something go wrong. Let there there be pain. Let there be disappointment. Let there be trauma. And all of a sudden, I become wide open to learning. And this morning, isn't it maybe possible that God allows these things to happen to shift us from who we've become to who he created us to be? Because I believe with all my heart, and I'll speak for my life, and you can speak for yours, that there is a massive difference between who I am within myself and within who God has created me to be. And every day, just through relationship with Him, just spending time with Him, I discover more and more and more, Lord, who's this man that you've created me to be? And it's only through relationship with him that I grow closer and closer and closer to that space. As Paul says, hey, I have not met, made the mark. I'm still running this race, man. I've still got a lot to learn this side of eternity. But I believe that it's in these moments that we may find offensive that God normally does his best work if we'll just be open to it. This morning, where are you at? You see, it was the prophet Isaiah who said that, that, that God comes and he, he gives us the oil of joy for mourning. He says he gives us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. It says that he comes and he, he gives us beauty for ashes. that we may be called trees of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. You see, folks, God has a purpose for your life. Whether you've been aware of it or not, God has a purpose for your life. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. You don't disqualify yourself from the plan of God for your life. All it takes is for me to go, Lord, I'm going to pursue you wholeheartedly, day in and day out. I want your purposes to unfold in this life. You see, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He, He also went on to say, 
that I have come that you may have life and that you may have life to the full. And if we're sitting here this morning, how many of us can honestly say, man, when I wake up in the morning to the time that I put my head down on the pillow, I'm experiencing a full life. Well, it's there for the taking, ladies and gentlemen. It's there for the taking every morning. It's there for the taking every moment of every day. But today you may be in a space where because of, of something that happened, you've, 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 you've caught an offense with God. You've, you've, you've hardened yourself to, to God in certain areas. And, and as a result, it's really put a block between you being who you are and who God has created you to be. And as a result, you, you're seeing things slightly, but you aren't seeing things clearly. You're seeing shapes and shadows, but you aren't seeing all the beautiful details of the life that God has in store for you. And this morning just might be the morning where you have to say to God, Lord, forgive me for holding this against you. Forgive me. Forgive me for, for being so caught up in myself and my own stuff that I've really moved myself, removed myself from you. Where I haven't trusted you in these areas, all because things didn't quite pan out the way that I'd expected. But I recognize that, that how could you keep on working if I'd removed myself from you? So this morning, Lord, I choose to lay down my offense. I choose to give up my offense. I, I choose to keep coming back. Just like the blind man, he didn't run away. No, he stayed. Lord, I choose to stay. I choose to keep coming back time after time after time. And Lord, I know that you are the one who brings breakthrough in my life. Because I know just as the blind man may not have been able to see you in the moment you were still with him, Lord, even though in my moments I might not be able to see you, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are with me. Father God, we thank you for this morning, Lord. Lord, we thank you for what you so desperately desire to do in our lives. Lord, I thank you for the work that you have started in each life here, whether we are aware of it or not, Lord, whether we've honored you or not, whether we've trusted you or not, Father. Lord, I thank you that there is not a single person sitting in this congregation this morning, Lord, that is here by accident or chance, not just in this meeting, but on the face of this planet, Lord. Father God, I thank you that each life sitting here is significant to you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that in the Psalms you tell us that even before the foundations of the earth was laid, you thought of us. You had me on your mind. Lord, I think again of just that, that scripture where, where it talks about the fact that our names are engraved into the palm of your hand. 
And Lord, I, I know for a fact that, that, that today we live in a culture where, where if, if we have a, a dearly loved someone, quite often they end up finding a, a, a spot on our body where, where something that reminds us of that person is tattooed onto our bodies, Lord. How incredible to know that you love us so much, Lord, that you've tattooed our names onto the palm of your hand, Lord. That's how much we mean to you. Lord, I thank you that there is not an insignificant life in this building this morning, Lord. But Father God, that every life sitting here is significant to you, Lord. Whether we feel it, whether we sense or experience it or not, Lord. That is the truth. And Father God, this morning, I pray that you will just give us all a fresh understanding of how much we mean to you, Lord of what we mean to you, Lord. Lord, that you loved us so much that you didn't hold back. You didn't give us pocket change. Lord, you didn't treat us as a car guard and just give us the loose change that was lying around, Lord. But Father God, that you loved us so much that you wanted relationship with us so bad that you gave us your best. Lord, that you sent your one and only Son to pay a debt that we could never pay ourselves. Lord, and that because of your heart for us, Lord, today we can live free lives. Lord, that we can live victorious lives. Lord, that we can find what what you spoke about when you said that you've come, that we may have life and life to the full, Lord. That because of you today, we can find that full life. Lord, I want to pray for those of us who are here this morning, who have caught an offense, who have, who have got offended with, a, with, with, with the way that you've worked in our lives or, or the, 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 the incomplete result that we may feel that you've brought in our lives, Lord. And Father God, for, for, for those of us who are here this morning, Lord, who really just want to lay that thing down, just want to bring that thing to rest, right there in your seat where you are just do business with God and just say Lord forgive me for holding this thing against you forgive me for holding this thing against you Lord I let it go I let it go and Lord this morning I make a commitment to you that I'm going to pursue you with all my heart Lord, that I'm going to chase you down with everything inside of me. I'm going to hold you to your word where you said that if we seek you, we will find you when we search for you with all our hearts. Well, Lord, here I come. I'm coming to search for you with all my heart, Lord. And Lord, I recognize that no matter what my senses tell me you are always with me and I love you for that and I thank you for that Lord we just come and commit your people to you in Jesus name I thank you that as we head out into our daily lives Lord 
Lord, I thank you that your word, I thank you that you, I thank you that all of this isn't just some theory, Lord, but Father God, that we can practically experience you, Lord, that we can actually practically live out the truth of your word on a daily basis, Lord. And Lord, that as we just press into you, as we just find you daily, Lord, Lord, that we'll grow more and more into the likeness of your son, Jesus, that we can go out into our daily lives and just be an accurate representation of your son. So we pray your blessing over your people. We pray your protection over families here this morning, Lord, as we just pray your journey mercies over them, Lord. And we give this all to you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.